This is Marissa Broderon from Athens, Georgia, and I never listen to Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 656 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and don't forget scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. The internet is just so disappointing. Am I right? I don't think a truer thing has ever been said. However, on the opposite side of that coin... It is pretty magical and wonderful sometimes. Very rarely. What is very rarely? What is uh, rising, raising the level of angst in Brittany Page today about the internet? Well, I guess one of the things that upsets me about the internet is that there are some websites, newspapers that post galleries of mugshots online oh yeah are these the ones that then you can get them down but you gotta pay them like hundreds of dollars well i'm i'm not even talking about that i'm actually talking about like because that's a thing too the houston chronicle oh yeah which is a newspaper and they're starting to reconsider the publishing of galleries of of mugshots because there's obviously ethical concerns surrounding publishing a photo of someone's worst moment. Yeah. And also it's an allegation of a crime at that point, right? That's a mugshot right. Yeah. because that person hasn't actually been through the trial and been found guilty of that crime. Yeah, right? in, your, in Europe, they either have already adopted it and approved it or it's in under consideration, which is, I think they're calling it the, the right to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's an important thing. There used to be a lot of people that I knew who liked these websites and like thought they were funny, you know, like mugshot shame Facebook pages. Yeah. And I don't know, it just seems like a really weird, cruel, callous thing to enjoy i guess because humiliation porn kind of a thing yeah and also think about the demographics there right you're not like i mean rich people aren't having their mug shots posted up there and laughed at i mean it happens with celebrities right don't get me wrong sure, tmz sure. gets their hands on that stuff too but for the most part when you see uh people being shamed in the public for their arrests it's like people who are suffering from a serious mental illness or drug addiction. Yeah, sure. And then their worst moments are plastered all over the internet. And this happens too when cops take pictures of or post video recordings of people who have overdosed, right? Um, I also have a problem with that. I think we've talked about that before. It's, yeah. It's, uh, of the same ilk. Yeah. And listen, if anyone's listening to this and like that's something that they enjoy, like they like those pages and they're hearing me say this and they're like, hey, you know, fuck you. I, I would be I would actually be interested to hear right after you've heard me talk about the ethical concerns that I have and, and really the 
the moral principles that I think are ve- being violated, if, if you enjoy this kind of thing, uh, why you're into that or what you think the benefit is to society of putting those things up. Because, listen. It's certainly not a deterrent for crime. If you're, yeah, absolutely. If you're arrested, that isn't a high point in your life. And it's certainly not one that should be celebrated in perpetuity because of what happened. Yeah. Listen, some things I think are are fair game. If you're a murderer and something like that. But listen, if you if if you sold a dime bag or you got a DUI or you shoplifted, you, you know, a makeup stick. I, I don't know why I called it a makeup stick. <laughs> oh, what a fancy little contraption. <laughs> Or something like that. Mm-hmm. I I really I think that the the logic weighs in that you shouldn't have to suffer through that for the rest of your life because the internet doesn't forget. Yeah, because then it's permanent. Yeah, sure. Right, and there are people. I've actually read articles about this because there has been this phenomenon of putting up photos of people who have overdosed and videos of people who have overdosed. I actually read an article from a woman who got sober and she is in recovery and her photo or video of her overdose is still online and she's probably attached to her name and where it was so if she goes to get a job right that's also going to be something that if somebody googles her right that comes up and she's years into her sobriety and it is still this very easy to find shame that is forced upon her sure despite the changes that she has made to better her situation and improve her health right so it's just a weird thing in our society where i think it just kind of fits with the like you can't change you are going to be this thing forever and we're gonna shame you with it you know like that just seems to be like a theme in society sometimes yeah and i I hope that we can do away with that. And certainly legitimate newspapers like the Houston Chronicle should not be publishing galleries of mugshots. Well, yeah, I think so. I, I do think that there there is something to be said for certain, like, listen, if you're a child molester, uh, you're not going to get much sympathy from me. I'm sure not from you. Yeah, well, I mean, on the registry, aren't there typically photos? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's, yeah. yeah, of course, that's for public safety reasons. Yeah, that's for right. sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about things certainly like drug addiction, mm-hmm. where someone really is, as they say in the biz, Brittany Page, uh, rock bottom. They're they're at their very lowest moment of their entire human existence, and you want that to be how they're known. Yeah, and, and have and tragic. have that moment forever be attached to their name when their employer searches them, yeah. or I mean, whatever it might be. It's it's cruel. It really is cruel. Yeah, it's not great. So that's something that bothers me about the internet. Also, um, I have I have been bothered by. Just, wow! I just is it uh, what grinds is this not, your We can't gears? talk. We can't talk. No, here. Is no this not I like it. I like it. We need a segment that the things that just aggravate Britney Payne. No, I just... We don't hear enough about this. We always hear me. I am being driven crazy by liberals. Oh, yeah. And I'm a liberal. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm growing very concerned with some of the faction, (laughs) you know, I love that word, um, (laughs) that 
seem to be taking an issue with vote blue no matter who, right? Yeah. Which, which has become this mantra to say, and really it's not about the primary, right? They're not saying vote blue no matter who in the primary. Right. That's not what that slogan is for. It's strictly aimed at trying to ratchet down people's partisanship during the primary so that you don't hate someone so badly that you're not able to, you can't bring yourself to vote for them if it becomes them and Donald Trump in the general election. Exactly. But some people are struggling with this concept and having great difficulty understanding that really what's at stake here. Well, it seems to be surrounding, I think, specifically right now in this very moment, two things. One, the candidacy of Mike Bloomberg. Who's a terrible person. A vile motherfucker, not a fan. A terrible person. And the other one would be the possibility that Bernie Sanders doesn't get the nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, Which is, it's looking uh, good for Bernie at this point, right? It's at least in the realm of possibility. Looking like the race is between Pete and Bernie. Right now it does, yeah. Right. We'll see where the cards fall after Super Tuesday with Mike Bloomberg and his amassing of uh, endorsements from, you know, people like our congressman here in uh, the 48th. I don't know that Harley officially endorsed Mike Bloomberg. I... He welcomed him at his headquarters here, his campaign headquarters. Yeah. It's, you know... I I saw the Instagram, but I... I haven't seen an official proclamation, and I think that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, that's true. That's that's a good point. I mean, it's not good that he welcomed him with open arms yeah. and all that, but... He's plastering him with Michael Bloomberg signs on his Instagram. Not great. Yeah, I mean, what is that about? And also, anyone who endorses Mike Bloomberg, I want to know how much money you've received yes. from Mike Bloomberg. Like, how much money... Because he's buying his way into the race in every other metric. Yeah. Why would he not be buying his way through the endorsement process right. as what well? What are the donations that you have received? I want to know let that. let me ask this. And then I want to get back to the vote blue no matter who. Now apparently this is where I my gears get grinded. <laughs> Brittany Page. I can see it. Something came over you. It's who in the fuck wants Mike Bloomberg to be president of the United States? Oh, dear In God. the face of stop and frisk and all of the other draconian policies tried to put in, he tried to put into place in New York City... Do we want stop and frisk as a national model of how to deal with policing and how police deal with people of color in this country? And his tepid fucking lame excuse doesn't fly. His tepid apology doesn't fly. Ugh. We could go there. I've got all the audio or we can well, touch on it later. Yeah, we're, we'll get to it. But I, here's <laughs> no, I want to I want to prime the pump and have people. Yeah, be, Donald Trump invented that phrase, he says. Yeah, of course he did. Like I invented the word French. So <laughs> I, I want to prime the pump because I want people to be thinking as we're doing this episode, because we're going to talk about the budget. We're going to be talking about a lot of important things. I want you to remember what is at stake here if Donald Trump is reelected for another four years. Because then it's no fucking holds barred. He doesn't have to worry about getting reelected. Right. So we just want to remember what's at stake here. And and we do want to have an honest conversation about the Democratic candidates. We should be having that. It's primary time, right? Yeah. So do not encourage people to stop criticizing the candidates. Please ratchet up the criticism, in fact, and let's really hash this out 
to choose the best possible person. Now's the time. Who can rally the troops. Yeah. And really get this done. Absolutely. Anyway, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. And another thing that's really... No, I'm kidding. Wow. So... Can we get to some listener communication? We should. Uh... This is in continuation of the voicemails we received last episode about what we played the episode prior, which was that Times interview, that uh, the Daily interview, the Daily being the podcast from the New York Times, with uh, Megan Toohey and Weinstein's lawyer, Donna, whatever her name is. So people are still sounding off, and we, uh, we appreciate it. Hey guys, this is Stephen Florida. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. The part that is most absurd and pisses me off about these discussions about sexual assault is that when a woman drinks too much, it's seen as justification that for her sexual assault. When a man drinks too much, it's seen as justification that he sexually assaulted someone. And that fucking bullshit needs to stop. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, thank you, Stephen. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely there is a double standard. A double standard related to behavior. A double standard related to consequence. And that's because men set the rules in our society. It's even, it's something that I hate about Christopher Hitchens quotes uh, about alcohol specifically is there was one that he wrote saying that basically that the state of being drunk is something only like men should be able to take part in and that if a woman is ever drunk it's like something that should just never occur and he had very archaic ideas very ward cleaver in many ways yeah he's a fascinating (laughs) character because he was so critical of religion right but then that's such an archaic idea about the differences between men and women that many religions adhere to in terms of giving men uh more permission he was also again the the other side of the coin very much in favor of women's rights that you give a power the power of of a woman over her reproductive system Mm -hmm. and they rise in status they rise in wealth they rise in power he advocated for that very strong yeah he often talked about the solution to poverty being giving women control over their reproductive function which is such again it's so fascinating right that he could say so many dumb things like women should never be drunk. That's something that a man does. Or women aren't funny. And women aren't funny, yeah, yeah. right? So anyway, it's it's, it's fascinating how these things work themselves out. That is right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I wholeheartedly endorse and agree with with Stephen there. It's uh, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. A motherfucking fact. All right. <laughs> uh, I think we well we have one more call. I think we have an email as well. Hello, Jesse and Brittany and Popeye. It's Laura from Buffalo, New York. I just wanted to respond to Francis's email and thinking that consent forms are a good idea. Uh, and she talked about having a son and brothers and friends. And I just wanted to bring up the point again that we have talked about many times on this show that, you know, 
what really needs to be done is we need to be teaching young men how to behave around women and how to respect women and how to not rape women and not abuse women instead of just finding ways to excuse their behavior because teaching them that they should present every one of their encounters with a consent form is just another way to excuse their behavior that if they behave badly well they had a consent form to show that it was okay that they behaved like an asshole because the unknown unnamed caller is exactly correct that did you ever think maybe someone could be coerced into signing a consent form did you ever think that maybe someone did it even though they didn't want to it's just an absolutely outrageous and ridiculous notion to talk about signing a consent form before sexual activity not even bringing in the romantic part to that it's just it's gross it makes my skin crawl it it makes my fucking skin crawl you should be Francis you should be teaching the men in your life how to be responsible and respectful and if they're responsible men, if they're respectful men, if they know how to behave around women, if they're not total and complete assholes, then they wouldn't need a fucking consent form. Anyway, I love you guys. Brittany's always the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Thank you for including Popeye in your greeting, Laura. That's very that's very kind of he's you. He's excited. He's he is very excited. He's actually passed out in his bed. Yes. He's having a good time. He's dreaming about it, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that if I were to just sum Laura's voicemail into a thesis statement, I would say that it is not difficult to navigate these waters even though people insist that it is difficult. Yeah, um, well, remember when... That didn't really make sense. But what I'm saying is is that everyone keeps trying to act like, well, what do we do now? The rules have changed, you right, know? Right. <laughs> John Mulaney and Nick Kroll have just a great joke about this during their opening bit at the Independent Spirit Awards. I don't remember which year it was, but they're like... I had no idea that you couldn't run at a woman fully erect. I'm just here with, to learn. With hate in your eyes. Yeah, with hate in your <laughs> eyes. I'm trying to learn the new rules. I'm just here to learn, you know? Listen, as an aside, those go to YouTube. Pause this right fucking now <laughs> after I get done with this sentence and go watch this. It, it is Nick Kroll and John Mulaney hosting the Independent Spirit Film Awards. Yeah. They did it for two years. And it is... The two of the greatest things on YouTube. Yeah, they're the best. So good. Yeah, but that's uh, that is a way to uh, sum up what I'm trying to say is that everyone is acting like, what are we supposed to do now? We don't know what the rules are, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, okay, just be reasonable and, and be decent to one another. Yeah, I mean, you know where the line is, yeah. right? If you would feel like you are overstepping a line, that's a sign right there. You know, well, remember when all the Me Too thing was at its fever pitch, and we had dudes call in and say they're into 
the fucking BDSM or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we, I can't do that anymore. What's, what's happened to me? What about my life? What about blah? I'm afraid of being fired. I'm afraid of blah. Is it, well, then fucking tone it down, bro. Well, I mean, or that's also all about consent, right? Being in those relationships. Yeah. I mean, those relationships are all about consent. So I don't know what that person would have an issue with. Like, you have a safe word. I don't, yeah, I, I mean, listen. If you, you navigate yourself, the rules yourself. You find yourself in line at the bank with your finger in a chick's ass, and they, it's probably not going to go well. It's got to be the right moment. This this whole it's thing. It's got to be. It's got to be. The right circumstance, man. It's really escalated quickly. I don't understand even what just happened, the in views fact. views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I'm just saying there's a time and a place. I, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I guess. I guess there right. is a time and a place for So for I think we have an email. Let's break the tension here. Yeah. So... Hi, Jess. Oh, sorry. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. I said hi. You better get that right. Hope all is well. And by now, Jesse has calmed down from the rage. (laughs) Wow. Well, they they will find out. From listening to the State of the Union and seeing Rush Limbaugh get the Medal of Honor. Uh, We got more Rush Limbaugh coming up, everybody. The is it a Medal of Honor or it's the Presidential Presidential Medal of Freedom? That is correct. Yes. Just just correcting the record of the emailer. I was on Twitter and I saw a few things that frustrated me with a lot of those diehard Bernie supporters. Now, I totally understand that we're in a primary right now, but the stupidity I see going around with the idea of Bernie or bust, even if he's not the nominee, is maddening. I take great offense to this because it gives credence to the idea that any of the other candidates are just as bad as the 45th having a second term. No, Biden nor Buttigieg is not my first choice particularly because of their records on racial issues. But since I am an African-American, I or other people of color, especially Muslim Americans, don't have the privilege these people have to go through a second term without fear for racist policies or bans that could affect us. It's a big issue I think Bernie should address with his supporters. The selfishness is a huge turnoff for me, as well as a lot of Muslim Americans like Mehdi Hassan. It's sad to say, but it's white privilege from the so-called progressive movement. Love all that you do and hoping you guys get big enough to actually make the Dalamore daily, um, daily, LOL. When Popeye farts and Britney tastes it, it's the best part. Blizzard Fingers 35. That is Blizzard Fingers 35 guy. Well, he left that part out. Maybe it's a completely different different uh, Blizzard <laughs> Fingers 35. Yeah, could be. <laughs> So many of them. Well, this is what we're talking about relative to the to the vote blue, no matter who. Listen, we've said it before. Going to say it again. It is certainly something that involves privilege. That if if you're not on food stamps and whether they cut food stamps or not doesn't affect you. Doesn't mean it doesn't affect someone. Doesn't mean some kids will go hungry. The Muslim bans, the 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 racial and religious bigotry that is exhibited by this administration, it might not affect you if you look and worship like me. But it does millions of other Americans. And also the LGBTQ community as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Think about the tr- trans and, and gay people serving in the military or trying to serve in the military. Mm-hmm. 
Just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it doesn't affect countless other Americans and non-Americans alike. Mm -hmm. Pick your fucking issue that Donald Trump is trampling people's rights on. Anyway, thank you for the email. We appreciate it very much. All right, moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank each and every one of you for supporting the show. We would not be able to do this without your beautiful, loving, caring support of the show. And loyal support. It's loyal, too. Also loyal support, for sure. <laughs> so here are some ways that you can support us. You can support us on Patreon. You can support us through a PayPal donation if you don't like Patreon or you are afraid of it for some reason. You can also shop on Amazon, but please be aware that you will enrich in Jeff Bezos if you take that action. I still like the Bezos. The Bezos, okay? Be yes. Uh, please also know that you can just support us by listening to the show. That's probably the main way that Rate you can support. and review. Yes, profanity-free. Apple Podcasts. Profanity-free reviews also really help, and we just really appreciate you all taking the time to reach out to us. Make sure that you put the phone number and the email address in your phone so that when you're listening to the show, you can just send us a message or a vo voice memo if the spirit moves you 657-464-7609 or I doubt it at dollamore.com. Please also like the Facebook page. I doubt it with Dollamore podcast. We post links there throughout the week that you can engage with and, and sound off. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dollamore at Brittany E. Page and at I doubt it podcast. You can also follow Popeye if you'd like at Bola. At Bull Eye Poppy. At Bully with a Y. B U L L Y Popeye. So you know, I just thought of something. It's genius. Re revelatory idea, Brittany Page. Here we go. We're not yet on a schedule on the once a month posting to YouTube. We're not. We're not like on a total schedule yet. We're we're hoping to do once a month. It'll likely be once a month. That sounds a pretty easy, doable thing mm -hmm. within the framework of our schedules, our busy schedules. Correct. Um, if you ever get to thinking you want to send in a message that's a video message. Yeah. That could also be used on the YouTube. Yep. Because I transform all of the audio clips into video for the YouTube show. Yes. Well, you could do that too. Yeah, for sure. Video yourself and email it to... To the to the I doubted at dollamore.com. Yeah, that would be awesome. Good fucking times. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So much shit fuckery and not enough time. That is what's happening right now. So we've got Biden running an ad against Buttigieg. Which, by the way, I thought was a fucking hilarious, hilarious ad. I love this ad. It's a great ad. I watched somebody on Twitter was like, oh, this is the most devastating ad I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, my God, what did they do? And then it was just funny. I mean, it's it, they're making a point here, but it wasn't devastating. 
Because he easily, if, if Buttigieg had wanted to come back against Joe Biden, he could have done so easily. Anyway, here's the ad if you haven't already heard it. And if you had, you can enjoy it another time. Barack Obama called Joe Biden best vice president America's ever had. But Pete Buttigieg doesn't think much of the vice president's record. Let's compare. When President Obama called on him, Joe Biden helped lead the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which gave health care to 20 million people. And when parkgoers called on Pete Buttigieg, he installed decorative lights under bridges, giving citizens of South Bend colorfully illuminated rivers. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Buttigieg have taken on tough fights. Under threat of a nuclear Iran, Joe Biden helped to negotiate the Iran deal. And under threat of disappearing pets, Buttigieg negotiated lighter license regulations on pet chip scanners. Both Vice President Biden and former Mayor Pete have helped shape our economy. Joe Biden helped save the auto industry, which revitalized the economy of the Midwest and led the passage and implementation of the Recovery Act, saving our economy from a depression. Pete Buttigieg revitalized the sidewalks of downtown South Bend by laying out decorative brick. And both Biden and Buttigieg have made hard decisions. Despite pressure from the NRA, Joe Biden passed the assault weapons ban through Congress. Then, he passed the Violence Against Women Act. And even when public pressure mounted against him, former Mayor Pete fired the first African-American police chief of South Bend. And then he forced out the African-American fire chief, too. We're electing a president. What you've done matters. So it's kind of like a petty ad, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's, it's not... It's not really getting to the substance. Also, no one's expecting the mayor of South Bend to handle anything on a national level. I mean, they're mayor. Yeah, and that's really the point that they're getting at, right? Sure, and yeah. I think it's funny. It's well done because of the lights and coloring the river different yeah, shit colors. Yeah, mayors and, do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Uh, it's also from Joe Biden, which we have to remind ourselves, right, who is not great and who's also not performing well. Well, let me, let me let's get back to the ad here just for a second. Mm-hmm. If Mayor Pete was, if I was running Mayor Pete shit, I don't know oh. if you know, but I'm not. Okay. I'm not running his campaign. There's a line in there where he says they've both taken on tough fights. Joe Biden did something fucking amazing. Yeah. And Mayor Pete, <laughs> he counted blocks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I would play that very moment mm-hmm. and then a record scratch, Mayor Pete, actually I have taken on tough fights when i was deployed to iraq to fight in an unjust illegal war that uh, uh vice president biden voted for while in congress i served honorably in uniform and while i was serving joe biden didn't serve his country in uniform then or before or ever mm-hmm. so there have been tough fights on both sides i would shove it right in his fucking face yeah Mayor Pete, I think, is playing the long game here. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's more more or less honorable related to that. Mm-hmm. I just think he knows it's best just to let this thing fade and go away. Yeah, which it has in, some, sure. in some ways. Very quickly it went away. Yeah, but it was a nice uh, internet moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because people rallied around it and thought it was funny for a while. It, it got Twitter time. Yeah. And I certainly enjoyed it. It cracked me up. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So the other... Beat Buttigieg news is the other day, on the heels of Rush Limbaugh uh, being awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Which is the highest civilian honor there is. That is right. 
He took to his airwaves at the high atop the EIB network, excellence in broadcasting. I am Rush Limbaugh, big and extraordinaire. And he uh, drew questions to whether or not Mayor Pete is a legitimate candidate because of the fact that he is gay. They're sitting there and they're looking at Mayor Pete. 37-year-old gay guy, Mayor South Bend, loves to kiss his husband on the debate stage. And they're saying, okay, how's this going to 37-year-old gay guy kissing his husband on stage next to Mr. Man Donald Trump? What's going to happen there? And they got to be looking at that, and they've got to be saying that despite all the great progress and despite all the great wokeness and despite all the great ground that's been covered, America's still not ready to elect a gay guy kissing his husband on the debate stage president. They have to be saying this, don't they? Now, there may be some Democrats who think that is the ticket. There may be some Democrats who think that's exactly what we need to do, Rush. Get a gay guy kissing his husband on stage, you ram it down Trump's throat, and beat him in a, in a general election. Really. <laughs> Having fun envisioning that. So, this is just Fucking a... Fucking hateful bigot, man. Yeah, it's hard to listen to. It's also... Another coward who avoided serving his country in uniform. It's really just gross to think about him getting that thing around his neck and having him act like he didn't know he was getting it and the fake performance that he put on and every everything about it bothers me what's weird about him having this conversation is that Gallup I think every year asked this question about different demographic groups about would the general public be willing to vote for this person as president. And as of 2019, 76% say that, yes, they would vote for a candidate who happened to be gay or lesbian. Yeah. So he is in the minority here in... Yeah, for sure. In talking about how this would be an issue. Even for Donald Trump, Geraldo Rivera asked Donald Trump in an interview that they had, I think, on Geraldo Rivera's podcast. Yeah, yeah. He said, would Americans vote for a gay man to be president? And Trump said, I think so. I think there would be some that wouldn't, and I wouldn't be among that group, to be honest with you. I think it doesn't seem to be hurting Pete Boot boot Edge Edge, I think is what he said, because they spelled it out. And uh, he went on to say, but there would certainly be a group that probably wouldn't. But you and I would not be in that group, speaking to Geraldo Rivera. And Geraldo Rivera says we would not. Not condemning it, but just saying, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Right, but I also gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Right, right. <laughs> so, well, there's two things that really struck me. One is the the age-old argument that is so fucking obvious that why does he point out that, that Pete Buttigieg kisses his husband on stage? He doesn't give a fuck if Joe Biden kisses his wife on stage. Yeah, well, we all know it's what just, that yeah, is. It's just vile fucking bigotry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, when are we going to dispense with this idiocy that Donald Trump is some kind of a tough guy. He's a man. Well, you want Pete up there with a Mr. Man Donald Trump? 
Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, just because you are tall doesn't mean that you're a tough guy. You know, Donald Trump tweeted that tough guys for Trump video with the curb, the curb clip, curb your enthusiasm, the first episode of the new season, which so far seems to be the only watchable episode of the new season. They talk about the Make America Great Again hat. And in no way is this a a positive message for Trump supporters. I mean, it's how to get yourself ostracized by your in group <laughs> yeah and it's anyway so that he posted this clip showing the the curb your enthusiasm clip and said tough guys for trump all in capital letters yeah of like course. it's so tragic this guy he's just the most tragic character pathetic donald trump so uh there is a surrogate out there his name is ben ferguson little pumpkin-headed Ben Ferguson with the hair helmet. He's your classic young Republican look with his navy blazer and khaki pants. Fucking Ben Ferguson. Yeah, you think of the kid that you knew in high school that was the young Republican. It's him, and he pretty much like looks the same except for like 20 years older. He looks like several dudes I worked with on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, dozens of the, the... He's just a fucking carbon copy of those ding-dongs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was on CNN, and they asked him about this very thing, this thing that Rush Limbaugh said on his show. And listen to Ben Ferguson try to squirm and have it both ways, just like Donald Trump did on Geraldo's show. Ben Ferguson is with us, CNN political commentator, conservative radio host. You know, Ben, um, your reaction? Look, I, I don't think it matters that he's gay. I think that the, the thing that you're talking about here is two different issues. One... Is anybody going to look masculine next to Donald Trump on stage? I think the only Democrat out there would be Joe Biden. Do I think it should matter on the issue of his sexuality? No. Now, I do think, and I've talked about this on my radio show literally yesterday with only Democrats calling in, does it matter that he is an openly gay man? There was a surprising number of Democratic voters that said that it was an issue for them, the same way we saw that lady try to take back her vote in Iowa after she had voted and found out that Mayor Pete was gay. Now, for me personally, I have no problem with him being a gay man. I I can debate him on the issues. It has nothing to do with sexuality. And the reality here, I think, is what Limbaugh was talking about. And again, the way he said it is different than I would obviously say it. He's saying there are Democrats that are sitting there worried that this is going to be a bigger issue, just like we saw in California when gay marriage was overturned by voters in a liberal state. Take a moment there. Yeah. Let me just take issue with your premise. What's more manly, volunteering for military service, as people who judge did, or avoiding it? Boom. Uh, look, I, I'm talking about appearance here. I, I was with the president last week in the Oval, and I promise you, he looked more masculine next to me than I did. And I consider myself to be a pretty masculine guy. We're talking about appearance here. What about the substance? About what's on your resume? What about the substance? What about the substance? Substance in, in, in what category do you mean by substance? You're saying, do you I'm I mean, saying I'll, you I'll, said I'll the, the president appears more manly for I don't know what reason. Uh, I, I mean, and I, I'm I citing a I'm citing an issue of the record here. Buttigieg, Buttigieg volunteered for military service. The president took great pains to avoid it. Uh, I'm talking about the substance, which is more manly. I, Look, I think serving your country is something that's a great thing, and I think that that is something that Mayor Pete is going to be able to use to his advantage. And I think it's something he's going to be able to challenge the president if he gets a nomination on. But if you asked 100 Democratic voters which candidate looked more masculine, Joe Biden or Mayor Pete, can I, can I, just I think turn they would probably say Joe Biden. Ben, for, let, let's, let's also dispense with this, and that's who gives a fuck who's masculine or not. Who gives a fuck who looks manly or not? We're not looking for a fucking weightlifter or a wrestler 
That's not what we're electing. We're electing a leader, a president of the United States, who's going to be able to impact and affect the lives of hundreds of millions of people. Billions of people globally. Well, and preferably we don't God have damn. someone who is delusional about who they are, right? Donald yeah. Trump, who believes himself to be like Jason Bourne or something, who has probably never been in a fight in his life. Now, remember after Parkland, you said, well, I would have, I would have, I'm sure everybody in here would have charged in. I for sure would have charged in there and saved the day. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Which is really an insulting thing to say, honestly. All these people who act like, if I was in that situation, I would do this. You know, unless yeah. you've been in that situation and you've demonstrated that that is your pattern of behavior, I don't want to hear from you. Right. I don't want to hear from you about what you think you would do. You do not know what you would do, okay? <laughs> if you haven't been in that situation, right? you just don't know. Okay, so Donald Trump thinks he's a tough guy. He's also mocking how tall Mike Bloomberg is, as if any of this matters. Right. Donald Trump seems to think that the most important quality that he has to offer is that he's tall. Okay, and we're all supposed to like run with that and say, oh, oh, my God, he's just he's such a he's such a man. He's tall. It's amazing. I bet he's super happy that Shaquille O'Neal's not running for president. Yeah, he'd be totally fine. I mean, come on. And and even (laughs) this what's his name? Ben Ferguson. He's he's falling into that, too. Right. Just because Joe Biden is tall. Right. Like the two tall men will be up there looking like men. What what is happening? How tall is Ben Ferguson? I have no idea, but he's like denigrating him even next to Donald Trump. I look like a little girly boy. Yeah. Like, what, 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 what the fuck? Yeah, it's it's the it's the strangest thing that is happening right now. Uh, this conversation and even Donald Trump tweeting about Mike Bloomberg's height. Like, where are we as a society? So fucking weird that this is the conversation yeah. that we're having because really it doesn't matter. And in fact, one of my favorite things about Barack Obama is that he cried openly. Yeah. Right. Tears multiple going down times. his multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I really loved it about during it. moments of tragedy, right? And some people, like Rush Limbaugh, who adhere to like this John Wayne style of masculinity, like that's what they think masculinity is, they would mock that. They would mock They did mock that. His genuine displays of emotion. Yeah. Right? When that's actually what we need more of. I don't care how tall the leader is i don't care if the leader is like good in fights and physical altercations i want someone who understands what it's like to live in poverty and how difficult life is for people who who don't have bootstraps right and i want someone who understands people's stories and really wants to hear them and feel them and be changed by them those are the most important qualities for me in a candidate I understand if those aren't priorities for other people like Rush Limbaugh who think that they want a tall president and like that's all that matters. <laughs> it, it's really disturbing. Yeah. Well, it's disturbing because it's fucking that these idiots are really trying to convince other people that that's the metric by which you should choose your president. Right. Not by brain pan power, but by bluster. How right. blustery is your guy? Exactly. And even this conversation of, well, who's going to look best next to him you mean like if we do a replay of him stalking hillary clinton around the stage i mean what do you mean who's going to look best next to him i don't understand this (laughs) so speaking of mini mike bloomberg which is the name that donald trump is affixed to him um i want to talk we started talking about it i started yelling about it i want to talk about this stop and frisk thing very very quickly um there, some audio was released early this week or, or discovered early this week from 2015 
where Mike Bloomberg was talking, keep in mind this 2015, this isn't a, a lifetime ago, where Mike Bloomberg was dis talking uh, at the Aspen Institute, giving a speech and talking about his implementation and his carrying out of stop and frisk in New York City. And he said some very troubling, dare I say, racist things. 95% of your murders and murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it out to all the cops. They are male minorities, 15 to 25. That's true in New York, it's true in virtually every city. And that's where the real crime is. You've got to get the guns out of the hands of the people that get you killed. She's going to be one of them. Spend the money for a lot of cops in the street. Put those cops where the crime is, which means in the minority neighborhoods. So it's one of the unintended consequences is people say, oh my God, you are arresting kids for marijuana that are all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in the minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why do we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them against the wall and frisk them. So I don't know about you, but there is a lot of what could be easily classified as very problematic language in there. Ninety-five <laughs> percent of your murders, murderers, and murder victims fit one mo. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it out to the cops. They are male minorities, sixteen to twenty-five. So you want to get a lot of cops on the street. Put those cops where the crime is, which means minority neighborhoods. And then he admits that, yeah, you're going to end up arresting kids for marijuana and people are going to be upset about that. So one of the one of the unintended consequences is people say, oh, my God, you're arresting kids for marijuana. They are all minorities. Yes, that's true. Why? Because we put all the cops in the minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why did we do it? Because there's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them up against the wall and you frisk them. Five million stop and frisk incidents in New York City under Michael Bloomberg. At its height, here's the numbers. At its height, 685,724 stops, interrogations, and frisks. Illegal search and seizure. And then here he is being asked about his 2015 remarks the other day. I'm going to start the clip and I want you to listen to it and listen to his pause and his sigh like he's just sick of talking about it. Well, before you play that, yeah. I just, I want people to think about, because I think for white people, right, we don't exist in a space where we are questioned or looked at with suspicion as though we're up to something, yeah. right? And no, I, no one crosses the street or clutches their purse closer when I'm walking toward them on the sidewalk. So I want people to think about, I want white people to think about being stopped for no reason and having armed agents of the state put hands on you, again, for no reason. You're on your way to work. Yeah, no reason. You haven't done anything. And you have no choice, right? If you start acting like, 
you're angry. Yeah. Or you start becoming emotional, right? And then they can say that they feel threatened by you, right? It's, I mean, just imagine that. Imagine being in that situation. That is maddening. Yeah. And for Michael Bloomberg to so casually talk about this as though, yeah, we're, we're putting the armed agents of the state where the crime is and we're going to, you know, infringe on people's rights. It's fine. It's fine. It would be one thing. And I got a little pushback when I t- when I talked about this on YouTube, but I, I got I got to say that it would be one thing if the policy like yielded magnificent results. Then you'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe that is a. A decent enough trade-off, the the safety and security versus the the violation of civil rights. But 0.1% of the time, guns were found. Beginning in 2007, the New York Civil Liberties, Liberties Union filed a series of Freedom of Information Act requests to get the NYPD's data on its stop and frisk encounters and what was found. In 2012, the NYPD made more than 532,000 stops, each of which could progress to frisk or to a full search. The police found guns. Remember, out of 532,000 stops, they found guns 715 times. In other words, guns were found during 0.1% of stops. That's from 538. So it wasn't effective. All it was, was up. I got my Xerox copy of the description. They fit the description. I'm going to violate some civil rights. And I have the, 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 the blessing of the mayor of New York City. Again, here he is just the other day talking about his remarks from 2015. What you said in that 2015 speech? Um, I don't think those words reflect uh, how I led the most diverse city in the nation. And uh, I apologized for the uh, practice and the pain that it caused. But why did Uh, you say it? It was uh, five years ago. And. you know, it's just not the way that I think, and it's, that's not the way, it doesn't reflect what I do every day. Yeah, back to the, the 2015 comments. So you have apologized for using and promoting the policy of stop and frisk, but those comments on that audio, you know, they're, they're more than just talking about stop and, I mean, they're pretty derogatory comments about African Americans and the neighborhoods that they live in. So beyond well, the policy, do you apologize for those, those remarks? Words don't reflect the way that I've governed or the way that I run my company or the way that I live. Um, and uh, I've led the most diverse city in the country, and the public there re elected me and re elected me uh, uh, two other times. So I think uh, they're pretty happy. But with do you apologize for saying those words? Should the first part of the question, are you concerned that your comments might affect your performance with African Americans? I do not think so. I think people look at it and they say that uh, those words don't reflect uh, Michael Bloomberg's uh, uh, way he governed in New York City, the way he runs his company, the way his philanthropy works. Ugh. 
Yeah, I'm sure that people hear you speak and then say, oh, those things don't reflect the way that he thinks. <laughs> well, it certainly reflects how he governed because it is how he fucking governed. Yeah. Over 5 million detainments, interrogations, and searches. 5 million. In a city that was 45% white, 85% of stops were black or brown people. That is how he fucking governed. And when, when whites were stopped, the rate of contraband being found was 10 times higher than black and brown people. That is how you governed Michael Bloomberg. And no matter how many people you can put cash into the pocket of, it's not going to change that. God damn. And he's buying his way in. Mm-hmm. He's bribing the DNC with cash. Spending a third of a billion dollars already on his run for president. Well, and I've I've heard some Democrats say, yeah, I like Mike Bloomberg. And my question is, what do you like about Mike Bloomberg? What do you know about Mike Bloomberg? What is it in his past, in his record that you that you like? Right. When you say I like this candidate, you should be able to answer that question. Yeah. What is it in their policy positions that you like about this candidate? Because you like in the cut of a guy's jib doesn't equal he should be president of the United States of America. Right. I mean, we need to have some good reasons for this, okay? It's not because Martin O'Malley's handsome, you know, like what well, we we need some reasons yeah. that we like the candidates. Yeah. It's not just a feeling that we get. And and still, still if this asshole makes it to the general election, we need to rally around him to to get Donald Trump out of office. Because even as bad as he would be based on his past policies, he'd be better than Donald Trump. And unfortunately, that's how the system works. And this is why I say that. Because Donald Trump just released his budget. And it is a draconian, to say the least, measure of slashes to social programs while building an already off-the-charts, insanely powerful and well-funded military. President Trump is releasing the final proposed budget of his first term in the White House. It allocates $4.8 trillion for fiscal year 2021. The plan would boost military spending to more than $740 billion. He's also asking for an additional $2 billion for a wall along the southern border. The president's team says the budget is pro-worker, pro-family and pro-America. Over the weekend, Mr. Trump tweeted saying the budget will not touch Social Security or Medicare. However, the president's proposal will cut close to $500 billion from social and safety net programs. As a reminder, all White House budgets are subject to bipartisan approval from the House and the Senate. So just to get into some additional details here, the Trump budget would cut $220 billion from the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP, food stamps, eliminating nutrition assistance for more than 10 million Americans in the budget's final year. Uh, Trump millions of them children. The Trump budget proposes a one point trillion cut to Medicaid, two hundred and forty eight billion in twenty twenty nine alone, which is enough to eliminate coverage for nearly 30 million people. Medicaid. Right. Now, this is going to affect real Americans. 
Obviously, this particular first draft of his budget is not going to be the one that's finalized, but it's a starting point for negotiations. It also says something about his priorities. Absolutely, which would not be Michael Bloomberg's priorities. He wouldn't go, Michael Bloomberg probably wouldn't go as far as as Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren relative to social programs, but he's certainly not going to be cutting $1.2 trillion. He's certainly not going to be asking for $740 billion. $0.75 trillion for the military, which is already too big. Yeah. Yeah, and billions of dollars for the wall. Also, the reason that all of these insane slashing cuts have to be made is because Donald Trump gave away the store to corporate America. FedEx didn't pay taxes last year. Amazon didn't pay a dime in taxes last year. John Deere not only didn't pay taxes, they got hundreds of millions of dollars back as a refund. There's like 100 companies, 91 companies I think the number is that either didn't pay taxes or got money back. And all of that is why we're running right now trillion-dollar deficits during good times economically. So listen, we know there are people out there who disagree that are not going to vote blue no matter who, and there are certain principles that they are adhering to in that decision, and we'd love to hear the argument for yeah. that. We'd love to hear that because this isn't just a show where Jesse and I sit around and pat each other on the back and, and tell each other how great we are. I, I mean, do like pats on the back. That's what we though. like to do. It's nice. <laughs> but we also want to actually have a meaningful discourse happen here where we get other perspectives in here. We have listeners all over the world. And that is what we want to have happen on this show is to hear from many different types of voices, from many different types of backgrounds that have differing perspectives on this. So please give us a call with your thoughts, 657-464-7609. We ask that if you record a voice memo, you keep it to under three minutes. We have had people send in like over 10 minute, like voice memos and that's just not something that we're going to play on the show so just so you know if you're sending in like a five six minute voice memo that's not going to get on the show so 657-464-7609 or i doubt it at dollamore.com thank you guys we appreciate you uh keep in mind Brittany and i will be in washington dc this weekend so send us your thoughts and we're still accepting emails and voicemails you can follow us on instagram to follow along with the trip I am at Dollamore. Brittany is at Brittany E. Page. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Oh, what a fancy little contraption.